0: Welcome to the Abundant Soul Aligned Business Podcast, a show all about helping entrepreneurs to navigate building a profitable business as a spiritual woman without sacrificing time, money, or freedom. I'm your host, Sarah Bird, and I've built my own brand from the ground up. If you're ready to create your abundant spiritual business, but have no clue where to start, you're in the right place. I'm here to give you all the guidance and insights into what it takes to launch, scale, and succeed in business from the inside out. We cover the deep inner work of owning a business and the logistics and strategies of setting yourself up for mega success. So let's dive right in. Today we're talking all about what it means to operate in your business from inspired action. Now, maybe you've heard people talk about this in the past in coaching programs or business development or business coaching or whatever, Uh, but I always kind of didn't really know what inspired action meant, how am I meant to run a business, check off all the tasks on my to-do list, and somehow feel inspired all the time. I genuinely was like, I don't know what the hell this means. What does it even mean to be inspired? What does it mean to take inspired action? How do I do this and still logistically run my business? So today we're going to talk about what it means to operate your business from this place of inspired action, and we'll start with going back, going back in time a little bit. And I want you to think about when you were in school or even in work too, this translates to the work world as well. But remember back in school and we're taught that we have to work on things, whether it's a math assignment or learning our vocabulary or spelling or whatever, we have to work on things longer than we have the capacity for. So we have to do our math test for an hour, even if sitting there doing that math test dysregulates our nervous system. Maybe we get distracted. Maybe the math problems are too hard and we don't understand it. Maybe we just get exhausted doing it. Even if we do understand it, our mind just needs a moment to reconnect or our bodies need to reconnect to the earth, right? We just get dysregulated. And it really comes back to having to do tasks for longer than we have the capacity for, but not really having a choice. So what I mean by this is that we have to focus on things that we actually don't care about for most of the day in school. We have to do our homework until it's done, even when our minds turn off, check out. We don't care about it anymore. I don't know if you remember doing this, but sitting at the kitchen table, trying to do your homework for way longer than you wanted to. So this happens when we're children. And then when we go to work as adults, oh, you don't wanna work on this very boring thing and stay super focused and produce output on stuff you don't care about for eight hours? Too bad, that's what we're paying you to do, right? So in childhood, we don't have the choice because we're in school, we don't have autonomy to not be in school. We just have to work on things longer than we have capacity for. As adults, when we're in our workplace, we still have to do this same thing. We're trained to do this in childhood and we end up becoming like little worker bees or workhorses at our job. And even when we want to break, we don't have the opportunity to shift our focus, shift our attention, or even just re-regulate by grounding, going outside, going outside, whatever that looks like for you. We don't have the option to do that because we're paid to, you know, do our job, whatever that is. I remember I worked retail for a long time. Um, For about five years, I worked retail in my 20s. And I, I would be so dead on my feet. And for an eight hour shift, you don't get to sit down. There's no sitting. You might have a 15 minute break here and there, or a 30 minute lunch break, where you're trying to scarf down your lunch or dinner, depending on your shift. And other than that, you are on your feet the whole time. Now, the clothing store that I worked at, we had to wear cute clothes, including cute shoes. So I couldn't wear comfortable shoes with my like orthotic inserts. (laughs) I was wearing like sandals with no arch support and would walk around all day for eight hours. And then by the end of it, my body would be wrecked. My mind would be so shot. It's mind-numbingly boring to work in a clothing store. You're just folding clothes all day so i didn't get the choice to not do that i didn't have the autonomy over my own body to say like hey i need to get off my feet for the next hour and let them soak in an ice bath because they're throbbing i didn't get the choice to be like hey i need to zone out for a few minutes to like you know let my mind rest i had to just do my job for eight hours and that's what it's like in childhood when you're in school. And that's what it's like as the norm for most people who are working a day job. So all of that to say, when you start your own business, it honestly is a revolution to liberate yourself from doing things beyond your own capacity. When you start a business, you're saying, I'm doing it different. You have the chance to go in a different direction, honor your own needs as you build your business, as you're building the company, being productive, making progress, building your business is not mutually exclusive with also honoring your needs. And this is a revolution because we're not taught to do that. It's not allowed in most workplaces for you to just step out or go, you know what, I'm really tired of working on this right now. I'm gonna go work on something else for two hours or whatever. <laughs> I've never had a job where I was allowed to do that. So this is why it's such a, um, a an action step of liberation to say, I'm gonna do it differently where I can own a business, build a business, create good things in the world, and honor myself and honor my needs while I do it. So one of the pitfalls that comes up is, uh, uh, by the way, I also want to say it's so much better for you. When you take this route, it's better for your nervous system. It's better for your mind. You have more happiness. You're less stressed. You're not sitting there trying to figure things out for ever and ever. Amen. Even though you are way beyond your capacity for it. You get to honor yourself, your needs, and this is the key factor here, and it's better for your productivity levels. It actually helps you excel more, exceed your output. You can create more, do it faster in a shorter period of time when you're following your passions when you're inspired to work on something rather than forcing yourself to do it so it's better for yourself and it's better for the results so really revolutionary here so when starting a business one of the pitfalls that i see a lot of people is that or a lot of people do is that they go from you know this training that we've had our entire lives from school from literally when we're little kids all the way through our work environment and they recreate that work environment in their own business, even though they're working for themselves. So in this context, they are expecting themselves to do more than they have the capacity for. It's repeating this pattern that in all fairness, we've been taught our entire lives. So for example, I was working on creating this workbook and I'm really excited about it. It's a super cool workbook. It's very beautiful. I love designing it. Like I'm enjoying the work, but it's kind of tedious. And after a while, um, I kind of got burnt out on it. So at the beginning of this particular week that I was working on it, which was last week, <laughs> wasn't on the far off distant distance history. Um, so last week I was working on it. This is a recent story. And I set my goal to create this workbook by the end of the day. So my goal in the task for the day was to get this workbook done. This was on Monday. By the end of the day i worked on it all day i sat there i messed around with it i was like making it beautiful and organizing it and you know writing the content and then putting it on the design and adjusting the margins and yada 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 right getting the right fonts the right colors the right pictures etc. cetera it's going to be beautiful when i finish it so my task for monday was to complete it and i worked on it all day but by the end of the day it was not finished in fact, I honestly had barely started. I was only a few pages in. And every time I came up against something challenging, the workbook is about 50 pages for the record, so I was only a few pages in. Every time I came up against something challenging, I would distract myself. You know, when I didn't know what to write or how to do the layout of something on a certain page or what steps to provide as the workbook section where you get to fill it out. Anytime I came up against something that I didn't really know what to do, I would scroll. I would make, you know, scroll on social media. I would make something to eat, have a little snack. I work from home, so my kitchen's right there. I would check the news, what's going on today. I would read the library books that were due back very soon and I was wanting to get those taken care of too. I would work on my budget, honestly, literally anything else. So the mistake I was making was that I thought that if I'm not gonna be working on what I'm supposed to be doing, which at this time was the notebook, then I couldn't work on anything else I enjoyed. I needed to do a chore in order to have an excuse. Like I needed to be productive. And this was the adult equivalent of remember when you're in school and you don't finish your work and your teachers would say, okay, if you don't finish your work, you know, in this time allotted, then you'll have to finish it during recess. And so basically you don't finish your work, you're beyond your capacity, but you still have to do it. And if you don't, you get punished. So what I was doing was the adult equivalent of taking away my own recess so that I could finish my work or basically like sending myself to detention for not getting good grades or having to provide a note or a pass so that I had a valid excuse. All these things that were taught in school and education and in the workplace. And so even though, you know, there were things that I, I was doing things that I did wanna do, like, you know, scrolling through social media, checking the news, like reading the books, all those things that I did to distract myself, they were things that were like easy enough to do and easy enough to grab, but they weren't like resetting my nervous system. It wasn't going for a walk. It wasn't taking a short nap. It wasn't like doing things that really nourished me And it also wasn't doing things that I'm really passionate about that I was excited for. I had other projects I was excited to do, but I kept saying, I'll get to them once I finish the workbook. So instead, when I hit my wall, I went and did these things that unconsciously, I wasn't aware of it, I was using as a form of like taking away my recess. Like I'll, I'll, I need to finish these library books because they're due back soon, big fan of my local library support your local library. (laughs) Also, it prevents me from having 2 million books in my house, because I don't buy them, I just return them after I read them. Um, So I wanted to like finish these library books, but I wasn't particularly excited about it at that moment. But it fulfilled that role of like, well, this is something I need to do, I can count it as being productive. I'm not really super inspired about it. But it's kind of like taking away my recess. Like I need to do something productive in order to have the excuse not to be working on my workbook, which is what I am meant to do at the moment. So the message or the belief behind that is that I do my work or I suffer the consequences. There's no room for joy, for following my passions or honestly for acknowledging my needs or my capacity for being productive and doing that work. I do my work or I get punished. I suffer the consequences. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but each time I would get stuck and feel the urge to distract myself, I was actually at my tolerance threshold for ambiguity, my tolerance threshold for self-doubt, my tolerance threshold for uncertainty, for my fear of being a failure. All of these moments when I got stuck, I didn't know what to do. It was riling up this self-doubt, my thought, oh, I'm gonna be a failure if I can't figure this out. And I wasn't cognitively thinking these things, but we all have a certain capacity, a certain window of tolerance for uncertainty and ambiguity. And I was coming up against that. So all of the distractions that I was doing was really a way for me to re-regulate my nervous system but what i'd been taught my whole life and work and school was that there's no allowance for that you're not allowed to need to regulate your nervous system imagine saying that to your boss when you're in the middle of a shift and you know they need you on the floor or whatever you can't just come up and say or imagine being a kid going up to your teacher saying i need to re-regulate my nervous system this math has dysregulated me right you can't do that so That's not allowed in the workplace. And in fact, not being a machine or a workhorse deserves punishment. That's the story we've been told. So when I did need a break, I had this like guilt and shame, especially at the end of the day on Monday when I hadn't completed my task. I kept thinking to myself like how lazy or undisciplined I was being. And saying things like, why couldn't I stay focused long enough to do the one thing that I said I wanted to do? What's wrong with me? I had eight straight hours or probably even more because I like to work on this stuff throughout, you know, a full day. I had all this time the entire day and I couldn't get one workbook pumped out. So then the next day I brought that same feeling of unworthiness, guilt, shame and punishment with me. I told myself this was on Tuesday last week. I am sitting down today and doing nothing else other than working on this workbook. Did that work? No, (laughs) I had the same distractions, the same feelings of guilt. And honestly I couldn't shame myself into being productive. That's what I was trying to do. I'm not going to do anything. I'm only going to work on this, but you can't shame yourself into being productive because it's in direct conflict with, this divine message within me that was trying to come out through the workbook. Everything I do in my business, because it's an expression of my divine purpose, is an act of sacred service. And so this workbook, creating this workbook, where, you know, as I was making it all week last week, I was like, man, I didn't have this when I was starting my business. I, gosh, I wish somebody had provided something like this for me. So I know that what I'm doing is valuable. I know that the quality of my work is amazing and people will benefit so much from it. So when my work, the quality of my work is an expression of my divine message that when I get to be a channel for God, for spirit, for the divinity in the world to come through me, and that is met with shame, I'm not going to be productive. I can't shame myself into expressing my divine truth. So Tuesday came and went. I got maybe two more pages done. Like it really wasn't a lot of productivity. I was really battling with this kind of internal clash of like fire and water of my, you know, I really wanted my divine message to come through, but it was met with shame. So of course it couldn't. So here comes Wednesday, Wednesday comes along, I decided to try a new strategy, what's called the Pomodoro technique, maybe you've heard of it. But basically what you do is you set a timer. And you know, for 20 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever it is, and you set, uh, set the timer and then you don't have any distractions for that time period. So you don't check your email, you don't answer any phone calls, you don't scroll on social media, whatever it is. And I told myself I'm gonna do the Pomodoro technique and then if I get stuck, I will just sit there and not do anything at all. I'm either gonna work on this or I'm not gonna do anything. So is this sounding familiar to detention from grade school? (laughs) I never got detention, I'm not gonna lie. I was a good student. I never caused any trouble to garner getting detention, but that's the idea is that you don't do your work. You don't do what you're told to do, regardless of whether you have the capacity for it or not. And you're going to detention. You're going somewhere where you either do your work or you do nothing at all. So that mindset was coming through here. This was on Wednesday. I thought, well, let me try this Pomodoro technique where I set a timer, but it was also laced with punishment. It was laced with that same shame. So of course I had the same results on Wednesday. So, you know, got a couple pages in not made much more progress. Thursday came along and I finally said, F it. I am going to get something else done for a minute just to be able to check something off my list. Then I'll come back to the workbook. Have you ever done that where you've like added something you've already completed to your to-do list just to check it off to get the like satisfaction of having checked something off your list? I'm totally that lady. So I was like, okay, look, I'm going to do something else. I'll come back to the workbook afterwards. I just need that like dopamine hit, that feeling of satisfaction feeling like I've accomplished something. I have to get something like that done this week or I'm going to go insane. So I got that done really quickly. I had a great time doing it. It maybe took me an hour or two. It was something else. I was setting up on my website. I was super pumped about it. Then I felt really good checking it off. My energy levels were back up and then I went right back to my shame riddled workbook. So this time I tried setting my alarm for an hour and I told myself I would just get bad work done for the hour. So what I mean by that is I was just going to set my timer, pump out as many pages as I could, even if it was like a bad rough draft, just get something on the page and then I can go back and edit it and make it actually look nice. Now I did have a little success with that. Um, this is something that, you know, as a former like perfectionist, Um, I've really worked with like, you know, doing something bad is better than not doing it at all. So I actually have a sign in my office that says doing it bad is better than not doing it at all. That's literally like my phrase that has kept me going through the years when I get stuck like this. So I thought, let me just do that for an hour. And it did, I did have a little success, but honestly, it just ended with me knocking out a few more pages kind of quickly. So it wasn't really like the result I was hoping for, where I would actually get all the way through it, at least like just get bad content on the page. I only got a few pages in still. So really all week I had the same result. I was trying to strong arm myself into getting this workbook done. And the more I came up against my capacity limit for self-doubt or uncertainty, the more I distracted myself to try and regulate And then the more I punished myself. So by the end of the week, I had made barely any progress and I had spent all week feeling bad about myself, being dysregulated, feeling at my capacity, thinking something's wrong with me. So finally, Friday came around. On Fridays, I have therapy. Wednesdays, we wear pink and Fridays, Sarah's got therapy. (laughs) So hallelujah. I honestly spent the entire hour of my session with my amazing therapist about this stupid workbook. (laughs) I like, am so excited for the completed, finished project of this workbook, but doing it and writing it and creating it was such a struggle. Literally my whole therapy session was all about it. So here's what we uncovered together in that session. And what the first thing is that I left my nine to five job to create a new way of working, to be liberated from having to work beyond my capacity and then be punished for it. So the job I had just left um, before starting my business, or like the last job I had before going full-time in my own business was a sales job. And you basically were measured literally in seconds. I was measured in seconds on how long I took between calling people, like I was doing a phone sales role. So when you're measured in seconds, I'm not talking minutes, like how I didn't spend five minutes between calls, like regathering myself, it was seconds. So there is no room for honoring your own needs when you're under such a watchful eye. And I left that job, I left every job actually, and went full-time in my business to create a greater sense of freedom, but by punishing myself, now, even though I'm my own boss, I work for myself, I was just taking on this role of both the workhorse and the whipcracker. I was like the jockey on the horse, but I was whipping myself and running the race. Can you imagine like a jockey, not having a horse, but trying to race the other horses? (laughs) I've never watched horse racing. I'm not sure why I'm using this analogy, but it seems to work. So I was like whipping myself into shape, trying to be the authoritarian figure and be the person that was receiving the direction and expected to do the, the work. Even though I was beyond my own capacity. So that is not freedom. Freedom in my business required me operating in a totally different way, a way where I listened to, acknowledged, and met my needs along the way, a way where being productive and feeling joy, having fun, weren't mutually exclusive. Being productive and having fun weren't mutually exclusive. A way where I could honor when I'm at my capacity for something and stay regulated by shifting into the next inspiring thing, rather than trying to force myself into staying focused on something like I'm some defiant school child. So the truth is, once you're in the flow of taking inspired action, then you're in the current of creating. I love thinking about the current of creating, like uh, that scene from Finding Nemo when the turtles are in like the water current, and it just speeds things up. It just gets everything going super fast. So when you're in this flow of inspired action, you're in the current of creating that goes so much faster. When you have shame, that zaps all creativity. Like I was saying earlier, your divine message your divine truth that is yearning to pour out of you is completely blocked when you feel shame it's like oil and water you can't let your divine spirit you can't be a channel for god you can't be a vessel or a, a microphone for the message of god when you're embodying shame they don't go together so shame's zaps all of that creativity and so how are you expected to run a spiritually inspired business? If you're operating out of shame, let me tell you from experience, you're not going to get very far. It's like trying to move through molasses. I literally spent my entire week last week struggling with this. So I'm speaking for very recent experience here. So, when you're in the flow of creativity, by listening to your needs, you're able to accelerate the creation of your business, your offers, your success, the transformation you provide others. It just pours out of you and that is going to skyrocket your biz into the next level. So this is how people are able to pump out so much content. You know, those brands or those people where, The person seems to be like an endless source of material of inspiration, a new way of sharing their message all the time. Even if it's the same theme, they have new offers, new podcasts, new YouTube episodes coming out all the time. It's because they're in the flow of inspired action and whatever your message is, it's waiting to pour out of you if you only allow it. So, I didn't create a business to sit in my own detention all week, (laughs) the detention of my own mind. I started a business so I can create freedom, so I can go to the Botanic Gardens anytime I want. We have really amazing Botanic Gardens here in my town and I'm a member, so I absolutely love it. If you're ever in Denver, take a visit to the Botanic Gardens, but I like to go in the middle of the week because it's not as crowded as on the weekends. I can really enjoy nature. I can take a nap in the afternoon. I can read as long as I want. I can have slow mornings where I take my time journaling every day. I do both a regular journal and a gratitude and desire journal where I decided to create this business so I can have time to travel, explore the world, go to the mountains, go hiking, not take away my own recess time. So this is that shift from, you know, as you're starting your business, that shift out of the nine to five where you're expected to just produce a certain amount of, you know, product, whatever your product is um, in your business, And you're expected to ignore your levels of capacity. You're expected to ignore your window of tolerance. You're expected to ignore your needs. And so as you shift into your own business, or you take your current business to the next level, you're ready to skyrocket, pay attention to your own capacity for working or coming up against a new level of skills or listening to your needs and honoring them if you need to go regulate your nervous system. And then follow what you're excited about. I promise you that at some point you'll be excited about your workbook, whatever your workbook is for you. That thing that pushes you and you and triggers your like, doubt or uncertainty or like I don't know how to do this or I feel like I need something else in order to figure this out or everybody else has already done something and they make it look so easy why can't I just do it honor when you come up against that and shift your attention to something that is easier is more enjoyable is more fun and that'll keep your energy levels high that'll keep your state of mind your state of consciousness your feelings inspired, you'll stay in the flow of creativity. And I, like I said, I promise you that you'll be able to come back to your whatever your version of the workbook is. And then you can work for work on it as long as it feels good at that time. And if not, honestly, you'll find a way to operate your successful business without it. If it really doesn't light you up, then it doesn't have to be a part of your successful business. Because what you will have, if you follow inspired action, is a ton of inspired content to work with. It doesn't have to look like, you know, what you originally intended. It doesn't have to be the, the workbook. Like you don't have to have that. In fact, that was another one of the things that came up from my counseling session with my therapist is I was spending all this time talking about the workbook and she was like, you know, do you really need it? <laughs> And I was like, well, actually, probably not. My entire business isn't predicated on this one workbook. I can do something else or I can make it into an audio or I could do a training video on it or, you know, or I can finish the workbook because I'm inspired about it. I don't have to struggle and strong arm myself into making this thing that honestly isn't really a big part of my business anyway. I haven't given up on it yet because I know that I am very excited about my workbook and I do want to revisit it, but I'm going to wait until I feel really jazzed about it. Um, so yeah, this is the revolution. This is the inspiration to, or what it means to follow inspired action. I know people have said that I'm sure you've heard it before. And it's like, what does that really mean? But the truth is you can follow your passions. You can follow what you're excited about. And when you lose that, it's time for a break check in with yourself, say, what do I need? Or is there something else I am really excited about? That's like, you know, taking over my mind. I'm thinking about this other project I've been wanting to work on. Go do that. Follow what feels good and you'll stay in the current of creativity. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode for the training and insight that you need to create the business and life that you want. As always, I'd love your feedback. I love to hear from you. So please find me on all the socials at Sarah Bird Coaching or leave a comment over at the blog at sarahbirdcoaching.com. That's S A R A H B Y R D Coaching.com. What breakthroughs, insights, and aha's did you have from this episode and what action are you ready to take now? And if you're ready to build and scale your soul centered business to the next level so that you can finally reach six figures without leaving spirituality at the door, join us in the abundant soul aligned business program. This 12-week women's business building program te- teaches you the systems and strategies of building a business from the ground up, and we go deep into the inner work of stepping into leadership in your business and life. If you're ready for the clarity, confidence, and cash flow to go from start to success, you can learn more and enroll at sarahbirdcoaching.com slash A-S-A biz. That's sarahbirdcoaching.com slash A-S-A dash B-I-Z. Sending you so much love and we will see you next show.